0: Now, live from the BWB promotion studios is Bumming with Bobcat with your host, Bum Wine Bob. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we are. Another week, another edition of Bumming with Bobcat is on tap for your enjoyment. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the party with the rest of us here. So, cheers to you. And, uh, you know, it's another week. I'm celebrating, uh, I guess we could say, a Blue Moon Monday here. Uh, Throwing down a couple of Blue Moons tonight uh, because I do not have another can of the Beer of the Week on hand. So I can't enjoy another can of Labatt uh, Max Ice, which is the BumWineBob.com beer. Beer of the week, you know, I figure you know we'll jump right into that. You know, we're taking summer to the max. We are officially in summer in summer mode now, you know, last we've been in unofficial summer since Memorial Day weekend, you could say. But you know, this past week, summer has officially arrived. Hopefully, if you're hitting the beach, you can take your bum uh, Bumwine Bob canned koozies with you. Maybe you're gonna be sipping on some canned wine on the beach this summer you know it gets the bonewinebob.com seal of approval that is the the underwood uh canned wines that we reviewed a few weeks back if you didn't check out that show check it out in the archives as always down on itunes stitcher btr check it in uh, right here every week at sfdradio.com We got the show live for you Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. But if you can't be here live with us, you can always uh, look it up in the archives at your leisure. So don't feel like you have to be here. I mean, we'd love to have you here uh, as we're sipping back the drinks ourselves. But we do have a good show on tap for you guys this week. I'm going to be joined shortly by Jay Sandlin, he's a history writer. Uh, comic books, uh, he does all sorts of things, we'll be going into uh, some drinking adventures with him as well, and uh, before we get to him, we'll just uh, do a little short recap for you guys of this past week, as I said just a few minutes ago, the Labatt Max Ice is the dot beer of the week, you know, last week we featured the standard issue Labatt Ice five point six percent alcohol by volume this week we took it up a notch for the labat max ice at eight percent alcohol by volume which puts it in that weird beer malt liquor category because you know when it's a high gravity beer at that eight percent it puts it in a category of a malt liquor but on the can itself it says beer so uh depends on how you classify it uh, as I said, you know, here we're, we're very lenient with our uh, categorizations of everything. But the, the, the Labatt Max Ice is very enjoyable. It has that, it does have a little bit of that malt liquor taste to it. If you've had many malt liquors in your day, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a little strong on the first sip with a heavy aftertaste. But after you know those first couple of steps and that alcohol starts flowing through your veins, uh, it feels a lot better for you guys. So if you can check it out, this was the first time I actually found it. It was a dollar fifty for a twenty-four ounce can of one of these bad boys. So if you can come across it in your travels, you know, pick it up and give it a try. I mean, is it enjoyable? Yes. What do you have to lose? A dollar fifty out of your pocket. Uh, just With like a lot of the other uh, cheap beers, make sure you pound it down quick uh, before it gets warm. Because, you know, that warm swill uh, is not going to sit right with you, especially with these uh, higher alcohol content and these high-gravity beers. Uh, Always have that funky aftertaste uh, if you let them sit and let them get warm. But as we kept our, uh, our ice beer tour, Rolling this week for the month of June. Uh, stay tuned to this coming Friday, June 30th. I have a very special uh, feature of the week for you guys. Now, I know the month of June, as I just said, we've been doing the ice beer tour, you could say. It wasn't really meant to be that way. It just kind of broke down that way with the, the beers I found on my travels. And I said, you know, why not cool down for the summer with some ice beer features and the the legendary ice beer wars. But the one that I have coming your way this this upcoming Friday is not technically an ice beer, but it is something, you know, on the name itself that will keep you cool. So stay tuned to BoneWineBob.com this coming Friday, June 30th, and we will have it there for you. So... So that will be our little uh, recap for you guys uh, for this week. But, you know, since we got a, a late start tonight, um, but, I mean, if you're listening in the archives, how the hell would you know that we got a, a late start? So um, I won't waste any more time with my uh, my recaps for you guys. You guys know where to hit the website, and uh, we will bring uh, Jay on the show now. All right, I'm going to go ahead and call Jay live on the call on the air right now. So, let's uh, let's bring him on. Here we go.
1: Hello, hello. Hey, Jay, how's it going? Hey guys, man, I'm having a a Monday, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's always a Monday. That's that's for sure. At least uh when we do shows on Monday nights, at least it gives you something to look forward to on a Monday at least. <laughs>
1: Well, I may have some car trouble with a – my my car might be dying. It's been having problems all year, and, you know, hate to do that because I've enjoyed not having a car payment, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. If it's not one thing, it's something else, and that's and that's the way it goes. You, you fix one problem, and then something else comes up right when you think that you have everything cleared out. And I, I and wish that, I,
1: yeah, I know. They're always really like minor repairs, but it just adds up, you know. Um, it says here, hosted by Lady Page.
0: Oh well that's so. Uh, that's for the for Nathan who runs the, the SFD radio network. That's for no, I was gonna say that's
1: awesome. Paige is my wife's name, so oh, I, see? I, I I gotta show her that. <laughs> that's gonna gonna like that. <laughs> she yeah. Can you turn just turn the picture blonde and I need to give that to her for like her profile picture? <laughs>
0: oh, there we go. See, look, we're helping out as much as we can here. Yeah. If yeah, you only Nathan, knew who Paige who was as a person, you would you wouldn't want that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey it's you know what it's true in real life the handcuffs it might as well you know the she, she owns me she, you know we might as well be true in the image too
0: <laughs> that is that is that is great i'm sure she's gonna hold on to that archival recording from now on yeah. you said i know, it, I, I own you. I know. If, if we take one thing out of this adventure at least we got this out of it we could, we could end the, the show right now and be like, all right, we're done. That's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Better not, man. I want to. T- I've been looking forward to talking to you guys. I like your. Uh, I've, I've liked your stuff on uh, Twitter and sharing it around, and appreciate you sharing mine too.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I know you're a you're a very busy man. Uh, I know you. You've been doing the uh, the podcast rounds all over the place, and you know I've been doing. You know, I haven't been able to do as much research as I had wanted to do beforehand. But I mean, I know you're an author. I know you got a a book out now, well, a book slash comic book. I mean, if you want to go it. It's in-
1: not a comic book. Um, there are, I know that the cover looks like one, but that was intentional. It's a 400-page novel, uh, but the novel comics is like my Marvel or my DC. It's a shared universe of superheroes in an alternate timeline where I've thrown in a bit of the history because, like you said, I'm a historian as well.
0: Okay. So I saw, so I see how it is. You're trying to draw people in like me who would see like got drawing on the front and they're like, Oh, you know, it's a, a comic book or something. And then I'm going to get sucked into a 400 page novel. <laughs> I understand what you're doing here. I, I know your type.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. No, I hope not. Um, I, I just, I love comic books and I love novels and that, I mean, that's really where the name came from. It's not that creative, but when I got with and being an author, like working with the, artists has been so cool and you've probably done that with your podcast too you do logos you do your image you know it's your brand (laughs) so i worked with this company called jd and j designs right um you can find them online they were so easy to work with and reasonable but i gave them like if you put it in a word file it was probably 10 to 20 pages of instructions of what i wanted on a cover (laughs) oh wow (laughs) I had to come back and simplify it a bit and say, "I'm sorry. I think I was on a higher dose of Adderall that day." Yes. <laughs> uh, let's just uh, let, let's simplify it with four characters. So it did. It turned out very comic styled, but that was intentional, just to reflect the superhero genre. Uh, a lot of superhero novels are like that.
0: Yeah, no that that's cool. And I, and I know exactly what you're saying with you know your image and your your brand and. And you personally, you have this thought and idea of what you want to, you know, convey to everybody out there. And like you said, you end up with this 20-page document. Yep. And then to, to you, you're to you personally, you're like, oh, this is perfect. You'll have this guy here, this one over here. It's going to look great. We're going to have explosions, flashing lights. All this stuff, and then you send it to somebody, and they just kind of stare at it and they're like, What the hell is this guy doing? I have no idea <laughs> what that's, he wants.
1: I, to... I think that's basically my life, actually. Just that whole, uh, <laughs> What the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> just watch me a little bit. Yeah. yeah and uh, have you, now you've seen the cover, right? Yes, I'm looking at it as we speak. Yeah. So it's got the four characters on the front. Uh, you've got Clockwork is the power armor in the back. You've got a guy operating that. Uh, on his left, you've got Atlas, the guy in the overalls with his fist raised. Uh, on the right, you've got the Okadawa dragon. He's cloaked. He's a bad guy. And uh, my main character, my main hero, on the front is the Buccaneer with the eye patch.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. And I'll make sure I'll put this up on the for anybody who's listening. I'll have it up on the website up there as well, so people can
1: can follow along with our <laughs> follow our breakdown. Follow the, of, follow the white rabbits.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's very it, they did great work with it. It is very catchy. And, you know, like I said, it draws you into it there. Now, is it now going into it a little bit more now? Is it just uh, the breakdown of of historic events? No, it, you know, way, it was or? originally
1: that. Yeah, that's a good question. It, it originally was. Now it's more alternate than it is the history. And you're just going to pick up some Easter eggs The names are there, but the circumstances are so different. Um, For one thing, in issue zero, I call my chapters issues. I kill off the United States like it's a freaking red shirt in Star Trek. (laughs) The United States falls on December 31st, 1929. It actually says that on the back cover in Operation Triple Reich. uh, Boston, the Hawaiian Islands, and Moscow, Russia are all attacked and fall. Uh, The remnant states emerge from the ashes of the United States where they're basically confined. Um, they're, you know, held under terms of, it's almost like, I don't know, like a, a GDR, like Germany, when you cut Germany in half, that's <laughs> kind of like the tables were turned. They did okay, it. Germany. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but We did it this time. Germany has risen as the power. They're no longer Germany. They're Reich mania and they've got the best superheroes. They've got the outbreak babies uh those are in my timeline you know we have these guys called the outbreak babies in our timeline we had the baby boomers in the early 20th century that was when the population exploded in my timeline when that happened you got people with superpowers so we have to deal with a higher retirement class they've got to deal with people that can fly bend steel shoot lasers all that crap
0: so you you like I said you started with the general idea of doing a historic I timeline think. of everything but then you know and and I understand that you kind of morphed it into your own world which is which is great which I think is kind of more exciting than you know going through you know It
1: was I wrote uh in December of 2016 I started this in June of last year from like the very first thought And then in December, I had written 135,000 words, which is more than I ended up publishing, and I scrapped every word. I I scrapped it all. I went back and I started from the beginning because the beta readers, which it's so important to have test readers when you're an author, the beta readers told me there was too much history, not enough superheroes, not enough stories – My friends were very honest with me, and I appreciate that, but they said that you're just filling these pages with these minute details from the timeline that only you are going to get. We don't care about all the uh, nicknames they had for the lie detector and who invented it back then. Uh, So I had to kind of step back and say, yeah, they've got a point. It was really important to me in the beginning – To get all the dates right, I wanted everything to coincide. I wanted all the names and events to coincide, and just have some superheroes there.
0: Yeah, I mean you're spicing it up a little bit, and and like you said, to you yourself, you like the idea of you know these other little tidbits that are thrown in there, and to you, it's it sounds exciting and great but then somebody else who picks it up they're like well why do i care about this do i need this why do
1: we care and as an author you have to ask yourself why does the reader care about this event this character this line i mean and and that was when i got a a chance to step back i hated it so i I killed my main character in my mind and uh, i even put all the old drafts in a file because there, there was a main character originally named ryan And I I made a file called the Ryan Breakup File because I was breaking up with him. He was out of the book. So I I put all those drafts in the Ryan Breakup File, and I came up with the Buccaneer as the new um, main character. He is an outbreak baby. He was uh, working aboard a slave ship in the Gulf of Mexico called the Concroctador, piloted by these mutant frog hybrid people called the pyrogs who were pyromaniac frog creatures.
0: Yeah, yeah so that's a uh a lot going on that's for sure.
1: <laughs> that that was when things got bizarre, you see.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when you're you're taking it to the to the next level and I'm like I don't think that happened uh in history, I don't know if I could go back into any textbooks and find that anywhere. <laughs> hey,
1: you know, maybe uh, – I, I don't know. You might have to find, like, Black Market eBay or, like, these uh, conspiracy sites. I, 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 but the slave trade was obviously very real in history, and I was studying slavery that semester. Uh, I'm at the University of North Alabama. I'm a master's student, and we had a course on slavery, and I was reading a great author, a historian named Marcus Reidecker. He had written a book called The Slave Ship. He had written a book about pirates. And I just connected with his message that pirates were really an anti-slavery group because most of them were cast off sailors. They were poor white sailors who had been almost uh, left at port, abandoned beached on the slave routes. And these pirates who had nowhere else to go would get together, get on a boat and start raiding the ships because they had been you know it was almost like a uh, disgruntled former employee type situation so, yeah, so i man. thought about that and i thought about what if we lived in a world where people had superpowers would it be any different would we not would we treat them the same way we treated all minorities in the past
0: <clears throat> yeah so you kind of switch up the the thinking with it and like I said using the real life events and then morphing it into your own uh, alternate universe and saying, "Okay, how can we do this differently, and what would make the the most sense with it, which is which is interesting. And I'm looking at on uh, the book right now on on Amazon, which you know is ranked right now, four point four out of five stars, you know twenty six uh, customer reviews. So uh, yeah there
1: there are no negative reviews that are verified.
0: Okay, I was going to say you have there. There is a single one-star review on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, how about that? It's interesting that came out when it did. Um, I had uh, well, if you you can take a look at it, they have some issues with me as a person, not so much my book, but you know yeah, that, that's yeah, just part I, I was, of it when you when you put was, things out in the yeah, public. There, I, I yeah. I'm pretty sure the people that put that review can't read to begin with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was going through and I clicked on the the book while we were going through and I looked at the reviews and I said okay you have 4.4 out of 5 You know, 26 reviews and I know it's fairly new It's and, been know, out
1: since uh, late April so yes it is yeah, pretty new It's fairly new and I know you're still getting the word out now
0: and going around so I mean things take time people don't just put out books overnight and they get 5 stars and New York Times bestsellers and I'm going through and I'm looking okay I see 5 star 4 something then I see the 1 star and I'm like I have to click on it and see you know what <laughs> oh, I'm completely
1: is self-published. Is um, writing
0: about, and I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. And I read the the review here, and I'm like, yeah, this guy, whoever wrote this one, doesn't really understand what you're trying to convey. Ah, whatever. It, or what. Or they just don't like you. Or whatever. I'll tell you my favorite.
1: Well, <laughs> well, we can we can talk about that more later. I'll tell you my favorite review, um, and I put it up in the review blurbs. But it was uh, Jay Sandlin is the Stan Lee of 2017. I loved that one.
0: See that right there. That's the. I mean that's pretty much like one of the the best of the best that you can
1: Well the uh, reason being we both started publishing companies. Stanley formed Marvel Comics uh, back in you know the 60s and I'm forming the Novel Comics this year in uh, 2017. I went and got the LLC here in uh, Florence, Alabama, my hometown. Uh, I went to the courthouse to uh, file the paperwork, register all that good stuff, and I was by myself. And as I was walking out, I realized, hey, I might want to mark this occasion. I mean, I should at least take a photo or something. Then I look around and there's just one older gentleman sitting outside the courthouse and just, you know, kind of enjoying the day. It was a nice day. And I say, excuse me, sir, would you mind taking a quick photo of me? Uh, I, I just did something, uh, you know, important to me. And he just looked really odd at me. <laughs> like, go, oh, OK, that, that's fine. Uh, and and we took the photo, and I, I walked on, and then I realized, oh, he probably thought I just got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever that guy was, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, shout, out, shout out to that guy. Shout I don't out know. <laughs> to that guy who took the photo. I need to tweet that one day, actually. I, I kind of forgot about that photo. I've yeah. Got it here somewhere.
0: yeah. Yeah. So let's show it. Show us now that you talked about it and you brought it out there. Now Let me we tweet
1: need to... it in just a moment. You can and it, 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 I'm on Jay Sandlin at Jay Sandlin Writer on Twitter. Uh, love tweeting. Love talking comics. Love talking books. Um, love talking about what I'm writing. I love writing reviews. I love making YouTube videos. Uh, I'm just starting a YouTube channel for the novel comics. So uh, check it out when you get a chance. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to do that too and I know like I said I know you're all over the place and I mean your Twitter feed is just like a constant flow of <laughs> Sorry about
1: that. <laughs> no, hey, not about that. You a might problem. have to I mute mean, me. Yeah, might have to mute me one day. <laughs> no, no,
0: that that's that's fine. I might mean the same way too. It's all about promoting things and helping people out and that's kind of how we found each other.
1: Yeah, and, your Twitter and, handle is the uh Bobcat at Bum Wine Bob, right? Yep,
0: yep, that's me. Mr. Mr. Bumwine himself, Bumwine Bob. Yep.
1: <laughs> yes. How long have you been doing a podcast?
0: Uh just over 2 years now been uh been doing this. So and I mean I've been doing the I mean I originally started out with my my website at bumwinebob.com, you know, doing, you know, my Cheap drink reviews and, you know, drinking the bottom shelf. And that's been going on since 2014. And then 2015 started doing the, you know, the weekly podcast, you know. So, yeah, two years of, just over two years. Just cruising along and doing our thing over here.
1: Well, hey, that's awesome. I'll be uh, doing more Novel Comics podcast and uh, YouTube videos. I-, I just had a great podcast with uh mr tony todd actor last week and that'll be going up on the youtube channel by tonight or this morning so i'll be sure to tweet that out to you
0: yeah and there we go i just saw the the picture here now of you standing out
1: there with (laughs) so proud he thought i was proud to have divorced and all that good stuff yeah i
0: mean i mean really what else would you really be coming out of the the courthouse like so happy and ecstatic about either you would have been there Mm -hmm. having gotten married but since you were by yourself uh coming out of there i guess that kind of shoots down that idea
1: <laughs> maybe i or i got acquitted that could have been a possibility um true, true. yes yes got out of a speeding ticket um two i don't know i don't know so few possibilities for that one but oh well but yeah, yeah I, I hope you'll check out the book um issue zero the first chapter is a free sample that you can read it's my pen tweet and then the rest of the book is on Amazon, of course. Uh, it's exclusively on Amazon in paperback or an ebook for ninety nine cents.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know. I will. Uh, I will have to add it to my my ever growing list of things. You know, when I talk to people or say, you know, okay, yeah, I'm going to check this out <laughs> or do this. And hey,
1: gonna... I go. I go at the top, and I go at the top because I'm going to sign a copy for you of your paperback if that's the way you want to go. Um, I like paperbacks a little better, actually. Not because I just like to hold a book, but now that I'm on the publishing side of things, I've learned that a paperback is um, it's more versatile, you have more options. I wanted to do special fonts for certain characters. And you can't do that in an ebook. It kept coming out all skewed, it looked wrong and I finally just realized the ebook doesn't support all the fonts.
0: Yeah, personally me too. I've never been a fan of that. I mean, I'm not I'm not a big book person or a big reader uh, in general, but when it came to ebooks and stuff, I was never a a big fan that way. I'm like if I'm going to read a book, I'd rather have the actual thing instead of using like a Kindle or just a tablet or something like that. It's just something authentic about having an actual book and and reading it that way.
1: Totally agree. There's a character in my book uh, by the name of Hordling. My my little sister was reading this, and she texted me to say, Hordling is the thing of my nightmares. Why did you come up with him? Good job, by the way. Um, (laughs) He is a hive mind of rats and vermin, that join together like thousands and thousands of rats that join together in a hive mind to act as one entity. They could be like a wave of rats rushing at you or they can form into like a humanoid type shape. And I, uh, I wrote about him and I wanted to give him like a special font to uh, differentiate his the bizarreness of his character. And I did like this chiller type bold large font and I was so upset that couldn't be in the paperback, uh, in the ebook, but it is in the paperback. Um, another character, Clockwork, the one that's on the front cover there. I wanted a larger, bolder font for him because he speaks over um, like amplified speakers inside his armor, the pilot does. And so I got that again, you know, just in the paperback, not in the ebook.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's a better way, too, to, you know, convey. the tone of the character and what they're trying to say and it, it differentiates between everybody not just saying okay here's this guy saying this and that but if you have a different font a different type it's um bold or italics you know it just kind of gives a different feel to it compared to just you know reading through line 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 and then you're like Okay, it's not as exciting if you see the different fonts, the tones. You can, in your mind, emphasize certain things a different way.
1: Well, you have to paint a picture for the reader because this is not a comic book. There aren't illustrations. Um, I do have, in the beginning of the book, there are maps. Uh, I made new maps of the area. I'm going to tweet that to you now, too. Um, you can also see those maps on the novelcomics.com. Um, I had a great artist that I found online fairly quick because I had this idea late. Um, GV-Art, check him out on Twitter. You can see his amazing work. Uh, he he came out with this map of the alternate history the, when the boundaries were redrawn. Um, after the Reich, were my bad guys, kind of like the Empire... The Reich conquered the North American territory, they turned it into the remnant states, and I gave all the description to GV-Art, he came up with the map, and I was thrilled. I I told him I wanted a pirate-type motif, Uh, I gave him the descriptions, and uh, he did all the rest, it was so fun working with him.
0: Yeah, I was looking at well, here. It is now. I, I saw the the one new notification loading here, so I had to to wait to to click on it here, so I could see the the map, <laughs> the map here. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so the breakdown of everything. That so, that's yeah. the breakdown. You'll see that uh, what's left of the former or the old United States is there in the middle states. Um, did you ever learn about Mymol in school? When you studied geography, you uh, remember that? I,
0: I do not. Maybe we did. I. Do not remember that <laughs>
1: all right. hey, that's all right. Quick geography lesson. look down the middle st- of the remnant states there. You'll start with um uh, Minnesota there at the top. yeah Minnesota, yep. Iowa, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana that we uh, would tell the story that like Iowa was the face of the man. His torso was beneath him, and Louisiana was his boot, and he was wearing a hat. Yes, it was. I- Yes, I, I remember that. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that part. Yeah. So I, I put that in the book. I, I put that in the book. They call the citizens of the remnant the Mimals. Uh, they said it was, you know, it used to be a joke, but now it's our identity. Uh, we live here and there's a buffer zone. You can see keeping the remnant states from the other areas of the United States that have been overrun. Um New Reich manias there in the Northeast. It was once the first colonies of America, but now it's the new empire of the Reich. You can see their logos there. Uh, you got the swastika on the Spartan helmet. <clears throat>
0: okay, yeah, so it seems like it's it's very interesting, and it's something uh, I definitely have to to pick up and, and read because uh, I don't know if it's just how you explain it or if it's just the different take on everything that just kind of makes it seem very interesting uh, and exciting. So definitely will have all to... my
1: favorite books that because I was a book nerd. Well, I am a book nerd. I, I never stop reading. And if you are a bibliophile, there is no cure but to continue reading books. So don't stop. And I was reading uh, fantasy books growing up, and my favorite ones always had maps. They would have character descriptions, glossaries. Um, They had all those things. So I started to. I did all that for this one, and uh, I've also got some. I'm gonna have a second edition coming out with some character uh, statistic cards. Um, You can see one of those pinned to my profile right now. For the Buccaneer, lays out his superpowers, and they've got. you know, affiliation. It's almost like trading cards. That was something else I loved growing up. People in the '90s loved. Uh, I mean, like trading cards and Pogs. Were you into that? Oh
0: yes. Oh yeah, definitely yes. I had tons of all sorts of baseball, basketball, every type of trading cards, and yes, the Pogs too. I I, Pogs. Think, I, that... I
1: think Pogs should make a comeback.
0: I, I would. I would agree. I think I still have a couple boxes of them down in my parents' basement somewhere. I'll have to go and. And check, you know, I got the, the complete sets, you know, of like the Simpsons pogs and then all the different slammers.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And you, you can't get rid of those things. You know, you hope one day, you know, there'll be some sort of either collector's items or they will make a, a comeback. Like everything else in this world seems to, you know, make that loop around. So I'm crossing my They bit-
1: do. And everyone criticizes me because I'm friends with a lot of nerds because I am a nerd. And I like to collect some things. I do like to collect a few comic books. I love Funko Pops. Are you familiar with Funko Pop? Yeah, I do. Yes, I do know them. Yes. So I, I have lots of Funko Pop, and I'm I'm considered to be a heretic in the geek community because I take them out of the box. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, right. Isn't that that's like kind of taboo, right? Aren't you supposed to leave <laughs> them in there and just for decoration? You don't take them out of there because they're supposed to be, you know, collectors' items one day. And well, I, I mean, thing. I hate to
1: burst their bubble, but none of their none of the stuff is going to be valuable unless it turns out that you've got first edition, you know, Star Wars toys. Now it's such a saturation of geekdom. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when it comes to toys and stuff, compared to like back then too, like the. um the starting lineup sports figures, uh, those things back in the day. And the, uh, a friend of mine was big into the, the McFarlane, uh, football figures and stuff like that, where if you got like the first edition things, okay, they might be worth some money, but kind of as time went on, and you said the oversaturation came out and everybody has them now and you leave them in the box thinking, okay, one day, I'm gonna make some money off these things, and it's like, no. Nope. All right, here's the seventy-five cents. <laughs>
1: well, let's see. We're, we're we're kids of the '90s. We remember the Beanie Baby mania.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: man, I had uh, no joke though. My cousin, and this sounds like an urban legend, but my cousin had this elephant Beanie Baby. It was printed off, printed off color, and she sold it for several hundred dollars.
0: Oh yeah, you can make some big money back then when those things back were. Then hot. You
1: could. Yeah.
0: And then everybody kind of realized what the hell they were doing.
1: Uh, what yeah, like, what the hell does Beanie Baby cost about I remember there was actually a news report. I don't know if it was like Dateline or something, but it was some major network that did a report that a Beanie Baby cost about fifty cents to make.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. When it came down to the, the breakdown of everything and it was it was crazy at the time when people were going wild trying to find all these things.
1: Oh, and, and if you took off that tag, mmm the tie oh, tag the the red oh, heart yeah.
0: mm-hmm. and if it was bent in any certain way if it wasn't in mint condition boom you lost your your value right there
1: i i know i know and there was there was always like these elusive beanie babies it was like you were trying to find bigfoot which i never cared about, <laughs> about it that much my sister was into that um i was not that into it but you know there were people that thought they were going to send their kids to college on beanie babies
0: yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I guess I don't know if it was a simpler
1: time back then, or people. <laughs> well, or were now vulnerable. they're all drowning in student loan debt. So, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: and here, and here we are now talking on a, a podcast, and uh, <laughs> and, and and if you're in my case, and you're drinking. Uh, cheap beer and cheap alcohol to, to get by because you can't afford anything else.
1: <laughs> I don't drink a lot of alcohol. When I do, it's usually vodka mixed with some kind of soft drink. I, I love a screwdriver. I like a uh, – all right, this is a very southern drink. I'm from Alabama, and not everyone knows about it, but Sundrop is my favorite soft drink. And I, I I've, drink-
0: I've heard I've heard of it, but, yeah, I mean, I'm up north, so – well don't, it's have little, don't it, ha- it's
1: in the mellow yellow family, but yeah, I was I was opinion, gonna
0: say yeah, I was gonna say similar to the mellow yellow mountain dew you type know what
1: give thing. me give me your address I'm gonna send you a case along with that signed copy and you wow. can right. fix Sundrop and vodka and read my book and freak out over Horde. <laughs>
0: Great. I'm going to drink so much. The character is going to be coming to life in my head. And, and if I yes, have please. any night, if I if I have any nightmares, I'm going to be coming after you to, to,
1: to please do. I would love to elicit that kind of reaction. Yeah. My, my sister told me she's like, this Character's freaking me out. Um, she she was uh, it's not a horror book by any means. I there's very little language. There's no sex. I don't think it's inappropriate for 12 to 13 um, and up, but it's it's meant for adults. I think adults will get the historical references. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's a character; he's still the president, except of the remnant states. Um, they mention things uh, like Robert Oppenheimer. They mention the Manhattan Project. All things that are going to be important and uh, things that I have been studying in my master's degree.
0: So you can keep things relevant to to where you've been studying and what is fresh, kind of fresh in your mind. Oh, very much uh, so. I,
1: I was at the beach when I started this project last year, and I was taking a class at the time on the internet that was on the Cold War. And the Cold War, studying that, you study the history of the 20th century and the great rivalry between the two powers. Uh, and I was born, you know, late 80s, um, I, I missed a lot of that. I mean, the Soviet Union fell when I was four years old—five, four, five. Uh, my son's never going to understand what it meant for the this rivalry between the Soviets and the Americans, but they were the greatest villains since the Nazis. So
0: yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it <laughs> with that there.
1: And they were uh, – so we, we've forgotten a lot of this past in the 20th century, but that was where I wanted my book to take place. Now, originally I had thought about a story that took place in the present. Let me pitch this idea to you. You tell me if this is interesting for a future book because I can still do this. I, I'm in business. I'm a business owner. I'm constantly going to conventions, to um, you know, speaking events where they're trying to sell you on tools for your business – and I thought, what if they did that for superheroes? So I wrote a story where that was set in a world where being a superhero was a job, and a certain number of people had powers or had the stuff to have powers, like the power armor you see on the cover. And they were going to these hero conventions to learn how to be their own heroes. They were listening to motivational speakers. They were having merchandise sold to them that would help them serve people. They were trying to get clients of people that would pay them to save them.
0: <clears throat> uh, don't worry, I'm processing it right now. <laughs> so, so
1: that was the original. So that was the original idea. I wrote probably about ten thousand words. That was just okay. taking place at this convention center in Houston, Texas, where it was, you know. Airport Houston, come learn to be your own hero. Right, right. <laughs> and then I wrote this background. I wrote a background for how the world became this way. And I started writing about uh, a hero named Atlas battling the Okinawa dragon at Pearl Harbor. And that was when it just clicked to me. I'm like, that's that's the story I need to be telling. That's way more interesting than what I'm writing here in a convention center. <laughs> So, uh, Atlas and Okinawa Dragon, they both survived. Now, they they survived the rewrites, and they survived the cuts, and they made it uh, to the cover. They're two of the main characters, uh, Atlas being the blue-collar brawler, super-strength type guy. And uh, the Okinawa Dragon, he's part of the Reich because Japan joined the Axis powers in our timeline. So, in my alternate timeline, Japan joined the Reich in the same manner.
0: I think, um, I'm still kind of processing the other idea too. (laughs) I, I think, I think it's both, I think are good ideas and you're kind of going like a, a behind the scenes type thing with the, the superhero, uh, convention deal, you know, like what happens you get all these guys together, you know, it's just kind of,
1: and being a superhero would be freaking expensive. You know that there's a reason that they that so many rich superheroes are written in fiction because you yeah. don't have to explain how they keep supporting their superhero antics.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark. You know. I mean. Oliver okay, Queen. We, yeah. Mister
1: mean, <laughs> um, Fantastic. There's actually a great early issue of the Fantastic Four during the uh, Stan and. Uh, Steve Dicto run where the Fantastic Four get evicted from the Baxter building and become penniless because they didn't pay their rent Um, uh, you know I I love stuff like that but yeah it's it's a writer's trick to you know make the hero rich so you can give them the cool stuff and you don't have to explain it so I thought why not go the other way and write about a working class hero so that was my idea working oh wait I need to copyright that
0: yeah, yeah, I was going to say before somebody listens and uh, hears I this. Yeah, get on that
1: now. Working class hero. That's not bad. I might come back to that later. Yeah. I've got, <laughs> I, this is going to be an ongoing series, so I'm just going to keep moving through the decades.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to say, what's what's next after you have this book out here now? So you're well, gonna, you're going to kind I, of keep going through the timeline? Maybe? Yes,
1: I, I will, but I've got some other things to do first. Uh, my children's book is going to come out in August. Um, that is – it's been written. It's gone to the uh, designers, and we're working on some ideas. But the children's book is uh, – it's called Little Wolfie at River Hill School. It's just about being the new kid at school. It's a bit about bullying And it's uh, something I wrote for my son when he was scared to go to school one day. He's three years old. (laughs) And uh, he told me he couldn't go to school because the big bad wolf was in his classroom.
0: Okay, so you kind of took that and expanded on it.
1: I did. And now it's coming out. (laughs) Well, I took that to his school and I read it for – they invited me to read it to the school at Read Across America. Um, there's a YouTube video of that as well on my YouTube channel at thenovelcomics.com. I can tweet that to you while we're talking.
0: I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, throw it out there? I'll put Why it up, not? You know,
1: why not? I'll
0: put I'll put all the all the stuff you sent to me here. The picture of you standing outside the the courthouse and the map and
1: yeah, everything sure. else in the book.
0: I'll I'll throw it up there when I put the the podcast up on the on the website at bumwinebob.com. I'll have all the goodies out there for everybody to enjoy so they can they can go through and look at everything as we chat about it. So it's like you Baldwin
1: said, it's- but after I read the, the cool thing was after I read this book to the class or the school, rather, we asked the classes if any of the students wanted to submit artwork. Uh, Cause I, am not an artist. I I've tried a little bit when I got into writing books, I tried to design some of my own covers and uh, you know, thank goodness again, for um honest friends because oh, they told yeah, me yeah. they told me you really <laughs> suck.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't come asking me about uh drawing anything. I am a terrible artist. I mean my stick figures are even terrible <laughs> too. And uh um, oh, yeah, any yeah. any games any games that people try to play with me that involve drawing anything, I'm the last person picked for to be on anybody's team. So when it comes oh. to the artistic abilities, uh, stay away from me. So,
1: <laughs> hey, don't worry, because I was literally the last person picked for most every actual sport. Believe it now.
0: No, uh, I, I was. kind of on that same wavelength too. So, I'm. <laughs> well,
1: I, I was hiding under the playground, like reading Shadows of the Empire under the jungle gyms That was my thing. So. Okay.
0: Hey, everybody has their own thing. It everybody was likes it, to do what they do.
1: It and was and I, pursuing I, your own thing and being. The best at what you do the best that makes you a superhero and that's my uh psa message yeah, for that's, everybody.
0: that's the words of wisdom right there and as i say every single week anybody who listens to the show i say this is a a judgment-free zone we, we don't care when it comes to drinking or your life and your life choices it's okay if you want to drink top shelf, bottom shelf, middle shelf, whatever you want to do in your life. If you want to read, play sports, it's all good here. We try not to judge anybody and just have a good time. And when it comes down to it, we're we're all the same.
1: <laughs> well, exact, exactly. And when we find our differences, we can celebrate those differences, too. Um, There were a lot of different kids in that uh, school that I read the book to, but hundreds of them submitted the artwork, and it was very hard to narrow it down, but we've done that. We've put it together, and the book will be coming out as a fundraiser item in August, so we'll be doing that to fundraise for River Hill School. Um, Then I'll be working on a nonfiction oral history book. Uh, I actually released a bit of a segment of that today. You may have seen it on Twitter as an article with Talking Soup Mag, uh, you know I
0: most likely probably saw it, but then it probably got buried in. Everything no, else.
1: I, I totally understand. <laughs> totally understand. But in any event, that was the um, that's going to be the subject of my thesis coming up this fall semester. Um, I, I just had an amazing time interviewing a man uh, who was a World War II veteran. He worked on the Manhattan Project, which was the atom bomb and nuclear weapons, of course, nuclear energy. And then he worked for NASA uh, during the years of the Cold War. So he had this lifetime of government service in the 20th century, always in a clerical role as a bookkeeper, uh, accounting. And I got to sit down with him for several weeks and just interview his life, um, probably about 12 hours of uh, audio. And we finished that back in November, and we shook hands, and I said, I think I'm done with the interviews, but I want to get back with you after the holidays and get some photographs, documents, and keep going from there. And he said, that sounds great. We'll do it. 92 years old, uh, he got in his car to drive to Texas and just passed away peacefully, quietly, just two weeks after we finished those interviews. Wow. Yeah. I was shocked, but I was – you know, I was thankful I got to finish them, and the uh, first article came out today. It'll be uh, eventually released as a book as well. Um, thinking about calling it The Sunday Historian, or possibly six pages per shot. Um, reason being for that, he was a clerk in World War II uh, in Guam. He typed on an old Edison typewriter, and he would tell me that the uh, clerks would all say in World War II, They'd say, shoot the buck, pass the bull, six pages per shot. I said, well, well, what does that mean? He says, for every bullet they shot, we had to fill out six pages. <laughs> so I was like, man, so you, you were fighting the Nazis with uh, paperwork. He's like, Absolutely. Yeah,
0: pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it seems like you're going to be a, a very busy man in the uh, the, the coming months.
1: You take it day by day. That's all you can do. And yeah, the things yeah. that you're passionate about, the things that you want to do, that those are the ones you make time for.
0: Yeah, no, that that's the truth. You you keep doing what you're you're doing and you hope, you know, you hit the uh, you hit your stride and you know and in, in your case, you know, you keep throwing out these these books and publishing things, and you just keep on going. And then, like I said, one day we'll see you on that uh, New York Times uh, bestseller list.
1: Hey, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's other writers it's happened to, and I, I've talked to some of them, and they tell me it's just a it's a marathon. All you can do is take it day by day, kind of like your show, your podcast, and um, you know, you just got to go with what you're passionate about, uh, um. You know, one way or the other. But I'll keep going with the Outbreak Mutiny series. Uh, volume two will probably come out um, about the same time next year, maybe March or April.
0: Yes, I mean, like I said, you'll keep going with that stuff. I mean, I know you. You broke down a lot of different things you have uh, going on here. I mean, we'll we'll wrap things up, and um. I mean, if you want to do a a quick you know, rundown of, of what you have going on, what's coming Sweet. out soon, where people can find you. Do your do your shameless plug here. Shameless plugs. Have, All yeah, right. Shameless thank plug you. Time. I,
1: I will be shameless <laughs> with my shameless plug. Here we go. Um hey, thank you so much for having me, guys. You can find me on Twitter at J Sandlin uh, find me at JSanlinRider.com or thenovelcomics.com, and my YouTube channel has just got going, and it needs some subscribers. So come check it out and subscribe to me on YouTube. Uh, it's just the Novel Comics.
0: All right, sounds good. I will I will hit you up on YouTube. I will give you a uh, subscription. There, we'll we'll keep tabs on uh, <clears throat> everything you have going on. Hey, you know, we we do our thing here, you know, and we'll both be holding on to our pogs,
1: uh, hoping yes, you know, hold in one those day. I don't even remember the companies. I think I had some Power Rangers pogs at one point that I really liked.
0: Yeah, I, I know there was Power Rangers ones. I know I mean, I mean, know for sure I know I had the complete set of the, the Simpsons pogs. I know that was a big one, you know, trying to go through like those bins in the the comic book stores, you know, trying to find the ones you needed for what were they like? Probably like a quarter each or something at the time. Oh gosh! And, uh,
1: Inflation now, they'd probably be charging you three ninety nine per pop. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> and and that's why they're not coming back. You see that?
1: <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, well, Jay,
0: uh, thanks again for coming on the show, taking the time. Let's uh, do it well, again,
1: man. You yeah, check out the book. I'll sign yeah, your definitely. copy. I'll get you that sun drop, and we'll come back and do it anytime. That
0: sounds like a good plan to me. And yeah, we can do a uh, a, a recap and. Uh, Maybe before you uh, you have the next, uh, or maybe right after the next one comes out, we'll we'll make it happen. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. And anytime, just let me know.
1: Oh, that sounds great.
0: All right, Jay. Well, we'll take care, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, you
1: guys. Have a good night. Thanks again.
0: All right, thank you. Alright there you go There's there's the, the author himself Jay Sandlin Be sure to uh, check him out on Twitter Check out the website Check out the books We will put all the good stuff that he sent me It will be up there on the episode recap At bunwinebob.com You know where to check it out And as we were talking about The shameless plugs You know it's coming It happens every week at this time Before we wrap things up You can head to shop.bumwinebob.com to order your Bob brown bag koozies. They are still on sale until the end of June for only $10 per set. You get yourself a 40-ounce koozie, a brown bag, I should say a brown bag 40-ounce koozie, a brown bag can koozie, and we will throw in a free color foam koozie so be sure to head to shop.bowlinebob.com to place your orders there and I believe uh, let me me check really quick this will be don't worry I'm clicking the link now if it goes quick enough this week's episode is episode number 97 of Blooming with Bobcat so episode 100 is coming your way within the next few weeks so if you want to be a part of of the 100th episode of Bumming with Bobcat. Hit me up. We'll make it happen. If you want to be a part of the website, you want to do some guest posts, drink reviews, talk about life, anything you want. We had a new edition of the Crude Experience just posted there. If Crude can talk about anything in the world, you yourself can post about anything you want as well. There's no limits. Judgment-free zone, as I said. Feel free, hit me up at BumlineBob on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you want. Download the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Archives on BTR. We have the show live here on the SFD Radio Network, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. So, until then, pick up a can of Labatt Max Ice. It is the beer of the week. Stay tuned to this Friday June 30th. I have a special feature coming your way at bumwinebob.com to get you ready for the 4th of July. So until next week, cheers.